Ladies and gentlemen. Ali, a sneaky right hand. Another sneaky right hand. This time he works over the shoulder of Foreman. passed away here in 2022 it's our boxing open on boxing day but remember that is not what boxing day is a lot of people say what's boxing day it appears in your calendar on your phone or whatever and people it's boxing day marco you familiar with boxing day I am familiar with Boxing Day, but you guys got to start a live stream so people could have seen Numchuck and TC <laughs> shadow boxing one another in yeah. the studio. That's what we do. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm a lucky guy here uh, sitting ringside. <laughs> ding, ding, ding. Boxing Day is a holiday celebrated after Christmas Day, occurring on the second day as they say, Christmas Tide, December 26th in England. It's an English day, right? It originated um, basically in England as a holiday to give gifts to the poor. So today is that Boxing Day, not the Muhammad Ali, Joe Frazier Boxing Day. All right? <laughs> there it is. Um, it's a shopping holiday. And I know our good friend Paul Buck Power Stewart in England, he's participating in that. And I have people from Canada that are part that participate in Boxing Day, and they'll say, "Happy Boxing Day!" I can hardly wait till Boxing Day. Well, wait a minute. I just said this is an English holiday, right? It comes from Great Britain. What, what are the Canadians doing? They're trying to get a free day of of gifts. I, I'm sure they they you know they do the same thing for Christmas. They're trying to go back to back. What are they doing? Trying to rip off uh, England's holiday. So when you first said about day after Christmas and Boxing Day, I thought that was the day the credit card statement came in at the house after Christmas shopping. <laughs> <Right. laughs> ah, that box. Yeah. Yeah. No, today is, uh, is Boxing Day. There it is. Um, I don't know, man. There it is. I don't think. Uh, should we do a new show open with that type of boxing? Is it just going to be a bunch of cardboard? Yeah, right, right. Exactly right. <laughs> <laughs> no, thank you. Marco D'Angelo is in the house with us here on this Monday. Chuck Esposito will join us at the bottom of the hour talking about uh, NFL uh, week number 16. We'll get through that. Uh, but first, Marco, uh, we talked about, uh, you know, I know you had a, a great Christmas uh, with, your, with your family and everything. You already talked to us last hour about uh, your, your chef skills. Uh, here's my question. All right. What about your, what's your TV viewing? Because I was very disappointed, and we talked about this on Friday, that we had these three standalone games. And all three games were set up really to be garbage. And granted, we did say, okay, well, the first one looks to be pretty good with the Packers and the Dolphins. Turned out, out to be good. Uh, Tua was a mess. Uh, look at all the quarterbacks that were a mess yesterday. Tua was terrible. Russell Wilson was terrible again. Well, Tua has been quite awful again and again, too. Uh, Baker Mayfield looked decent, but then again, he's playing the Broncos. Uh, Brady wasn't good, you know, last night in their victory against, uh, you know, McSorley, uh, for, for Arizona. So a lot of bad quarterbacks uh, yesterday. So I found myself, you know, perusing the television 
And I do get a text from uh, Gilby, the intern, yesterday. And he says, hey, he goes, turn this on. What is this tech ball? I go, oh, dude, tech ball has been a star. Of, it's been a star of Terrible Tuesday in, a, a year ago. Yes. Size, and yeah, so of course I turned on. Have you seen tech ball? No, I have not. Oh, oh you need to watch I it. I don't even know how to explain it. It's like this ramp or whatever with like a soccer ball. No, it's like it, a little mini trampoline. Mini trampoline. And you like yeah. bounce the ball. You have to hit the trampoline and then go. It's, it's like your volleyball. Foot. Yeah. With, with your feet. You're kicking it. Yeah. Yeah. And you're heading it. And it, it it's stupid. And they're playing. And yeah, that's going on. And then. I get to some uh dog disc challenge. Did you see that last night? No. That that again, ESPN, they're famous, aren't they? Jeez. And this is in a ballpark. Look like a minor league ballpark. A pretty nice one. Nobody was in the park. All you could see was empty stands, and they're talking about how the wind is affecting Sparky and the disc. Uh, yeah. And you had Sparky, you had Sweetie, you had all this other nonsense going. And here are these ladies running around chasing a Frisbee, and the dogs can't chase the Frisbee because it's so windy. And this is on my television. And there is nothing but empty seats. I mean, no ticket takers, no ushers needed, no vendors. Why is this on my TV? Were you watching the Ocho? No, 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 no. That's regular ESPN and ESPN two. Did no ESPN two? No, they like didn't. Ocho? No, no, no. no. It was no cherry spitting seeds and all that. Ball no, that and yeah. Dog frisbees. Yeah, because That's... they got nothing to do exactly on these holidays, and it makes me sick. All right, really, it's more for a terrible Tuesday. But so I'm curious, Marco, what was on your TV screen last night? Do you have a tradition? What do you do on Christmas TV? Well, the wife loves Christmas movies, and her favorite is. Uh, Christmas Vacation with Chevy Chase. Oh, that's, nice. Yeah, that's, that's nice. So she'll watch that. Was that on last night? She has it taped and watch uh, it. You know, yeah. five, she's probably watched it five times this holiday season. You know, okay, <laughs> but uh, we did do the old classic last night. We had family staying with us and so forth. So we did, uh, you know, Jimmy Stewart and uh, you know, It's a Wonderful Life, and you know, do that. And that was it. It was better than the last two football games. The first game terrible. Was the first two games were okay, or the first game, I should say. But the the middle one, whenever the Rams looked as good as they did. In what happened? We know the offense has been bad, <laughs> but Denver's defense—they make Baker look like a Hall of Fame quarterback. They hung up fifty-one. Having you do a a serious recap of a game over Holiday Road just doesn't go. It's so funny though. Yeah, it's funny for you. Hey, I am a pure professional. I can. You know, I know you are. I didn't. I didn't miss a beat while you two were boxing one another. You know, <laughs> coming we, out of the break. Yeah, yeah it's. You you're, you're lucky that he's not with us uh, on location. Oh, like it, like it, he it, used to be at the Cosmopolitan. Oh. Yeah, but now he now he's relegated to the studio here. Yeah, yeah. You know. There, uh, place. Uh, so this was not on my viewing, but last night, okay. So after the game was over, because I watched to the bitter end of the <laughs> Tampa Bay uh, victory, because I, I was involved in that game on the money line, thank goodness. Uh, but that was that was ugly to watch as well, too. Ugly. But uh, for me, uh, it was kind of curious uh, to see what was on last night, the movie channels, because you know I'm a big HBO Showtime type of guy, right? So uh, I I came across. Uh, oh, the Equalizer was on, and then. On another channel was Equalizer 2. Two of my favorite, you know, Denzel did great in both those. But then I'm scrolling down and guess what's on? The Longest Yard. Oh, yeah, exactly. Now, again, every time I see it like on, on the guide and, and I get my select button, I'm like, I'm doing what I'm doing now, which I like, I'm like, like, I'm, I got my feet set. Like, do I dare press this? Because if it is the original, 1974 with Burt Reynolds. I'm going to be ecstatic, but if it's the Adam Sandler one, yeah. then I'm going to I'm going to lose it. I'm, I'm, I might break my TV. So I gingerly hit the select button last night. 1974, baby, Burt Reynolds, caretaker. Oh, Granville. I said I, I spent that watching that, and then when that was over, I guess it must have been a Burt Reynolds movie thon. Boogie Nights. How about that for a Christmas movie? <laughs> Marco, I hope your wife is not listening. Lori, I hope you're not listening right now. <laughs> Funny story with Boogie Nights. Uh, our Lori's sister. Was Best staying, soundtrack of all time. Anyway, was well, number two. Was staying with us. We have all the movie channels okay. like you do. Yeah. And she fell asleep watching a movie. I don't know what she was watching, 
but she when she woke up because you know the movies just keep coming right. on. Yeah. Boogie Nights was on when she woke up. <laughs> what, what scene? What scene am I afraid to ask? Uh, she said there were noises and she didn't know. You know, she wakes up out of a sleep and is like. <laughs> Is Marco and Laura? What's going on? Uh, then she saw what was going on, and it wasn't because I don't get those kind of sounds. So, so, so Marco is asleep, and Marco woke up like this. Roller girl, Lori, <laughs> uh, put your skates back on. Uh, those that have uh, seen Boogie Nights, uh, I know what I'm talking about there. Here, here's a great track from Boogie Nights. Ah, Chicacas, I think that's the, the group called. So, Look <laughs> <Like> at <a> Marco. <laughs> Lori does not listen to the show when you're on, does she? Good thing. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I thought that was that was rather unique or strange last night. That oh, Boogie Nights, Longest Yard, all these you know R-rated movies. Uh, there it is. Yeah. So yeah, my house was a little bit different than yours. No uh, Miracle on you know 54th Street, 45th, whatever it is. I, I don't know 42nd. I don't know Times Square, whatever. And you know those Christmas movies. No, they they're, they're not making it. You know on, on my TV. Not even Bruce Willis Die Hard. It, it has before, but okay. you know again, and I've slipped in. I saw that. You know, the Die Hard 1, 2, and 3 were all on last night. But, um, you know, if I, you know, come across it and, you know, I'm, I might hang with it for a little bit. But some of these movies like Boogie Nights. Um, you know, I just, oh, the beginning. I can't remember the beginning. And it's like, okay, I just want to watch the beginning. Because a lot of times when you go to a movie, it's always in the middle or something. And, uh, yeah, I was guilty. I, I, I hung all the way through it. I just couldn't, couldn't get rid of it. Are you a guy that if you're scrolling and you see a movie that you like, you just, you, you have to watch it, especially there's always yeah. a scene you like. Yes. Get up. I'm one of those guys. Yeah. I'm, exactly. There's a few movies like that. For I me. mean, again, you know, everyone knows how crazy I am about pulp fiction. And w- even when I do that, it's like, uh, okay, I've seen it 182 times. And, uh, okay, no, 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 I just gotta see. What, I gotta see what part it's on. Yeah. And then, yeah, so I'm one of those guys. So I'm, for me, the sports movie is Rudy. If I'm going yes. through and Rudy, I you've got to watch the the scene. You know, the stadium chant. Rudy, yeah, you got to hang to the end, you right? Got, you got same thing. Yeah. And same thing with me for the longest yard okay. because you want to get through. You know, all that stuff to get to. You know, the comeback in the fourth quarter by the mean machine. Mm-hmm. Now the beginning's cool, but then it goes through that, that, that 10, 15 minute stretch where he's, you know, throwing the game. And that's kind of disturbing because you've built all this camaraderie between, you know, yourself mm-hmm. and the, and, and the convicts. And they've all bonded together, especially when the brothers come over from the greater Chicago youth authority. And it's like, okay, now they got a real team here. And then all of a sudden, you know, that Eddie Albert, you know, comes over from Green Acres as the warden, <laughs> Warden Hazen, and he says, "You're going to lose this game by 21 points and or more." And he starts to, you know, to tank what he's, which is what he's famous for. I, I love the movie; it's beautifully written. But there's that like 10 minute thing where I turn off of it because mm-hmm. I want to come back when when the rally comes back. That's when you get your drink and snack. Yeah, 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 yeah. So you're ready there. For and I don't like it. And, I, and I, I'm, I'm emotional. Huh? I don't like it when caretaker dies. Yeah. You know when he gets killed, and and so I purposely click off of that, and then come back when when that's over, and then now we're going to the game. There you go. How about those cheerleaders in the longest yard? Did you like them? <laughs> <laughs> so from cell block C. No comment. You know what I'm talking about. I know. (laughs) How many times have you seen the movie? And were you a big fan of the original? Uh, I've seen it several times, but, you know, I was a fan, but not a fanatic fan with that one. Not like me. There's movie, you know, a lot of my movies are sports movies that I like, you know, I love you, Hoosiers. When we get to, when we get to March Madness to get me ready for it. Yeah. I'll, that week before the, you know, opening round, I'll watch it some. Just that just gets you, you know, right. psyched and ready. And my feel good movie, my go to, uh, a lot of people, you know, a lot of people don't know this movie. Richard Dreyfus, Jennifer Tilly. Let it ride. Let it ride. Yes. <laughs> you know what I'm talking yeah. about. Uh, another one of those for me. When that's yeah. on, I'm, I'm there and I'm there for the duration. Yeah. Of course, it's a great movie. Yep. But remember, The Longest Yard is a sports movie. It's a great sports movie. And I'm that way too with Remember the Titans. Okay. I, I'm on Titan, Remember the Titans. I, it's hard for me to, to click off. 
you know, so I always wish that they would have done like sequels to like all of those. But you, you know? know what? Every time know. Se- they I never know. turn out. I know. But don't you want to, like me, you want to be the director and, and do it right. And then when they do some of these sequels, it's like, ah. But I will say that about Equalizer 2. Mm. It was really just as good as, as one or close. It was. But I mean, there's so many that were not. You're right. All right. Uh, week 16, man. Uh, so how, how did you do when it was all said and done at the window? Uh, I had a smite, slight loss for the weekend with uh, the client plays, and uh, we did okay with the bowl games uh, that we did. But uh, t- the NFL, that uh, New England hurt me on mm-hmm. Saturday. I, I did not. Kudos to Cincinnati. They're playing great, great football. But it was one of those cases where they just had so many big games in a row, and they got that Monday nighter next week. Um, that's going to be fun. Uh, we finally are going to get a a really good Monday night football game for basically all the marbles because it's going to come down to, you know, possible home, you know, home field situations. If Kansas City stubs their toe along the way, you got the Buffalo Cincinnati game on Monday night. So I am looking forward to that one. All right. Uh, looking at Saturday's, uh, action. Uh, you mentioned the, uh, the Bengals jump out to a 22 nothing lead. The Patriots come back, score 18 and, uh, the Bengals do hang on for, a uh, victory there. Uh, Buffalo did what they do. They went to Chicago, and though they fell behind early, boom, just uh, blasted uh, the Bears 35 to 13 yesterday. And then again, Marco, we talked about it yesterday or the Friday, and we could not handicap it because it just seemed impossible to handicap uh, Vikings and the Giants. And the Vikings did it again. Another one score game, another close game. And again, they pull out a close game. And I found myself secretly rooting for the Giants here. Just because the Vikings and Kirk Cousins make me sick, but they had enough to beat these lower echelon teams. The Vikings, all you got to do is tease the dog in the Vikings games, right? It's it's gold uh, because every every game is coming down to one possession, and you get that extra six points working for you. Or if you're somebody that does teaser pleasers and get a little more points working for you, we won't mention anybody's name. <laughs> Do not make fun of the 10-point teaser at minus 120, my friend. Manipulate the line 30 points? Come on. Uh, Carolina took it to Detroit yesterday, so kind of put a squash to to the Lions' uh, hopes a little bit. But uh, Carolina, uh, big game coming up against Tampa Bay now. And Carolina was left for dead. They fired Matt Rule, and then boom, look how they have responded here. I don't know about you. But when you look at this NFC South, and it's putrid, it's awful, just like the AFC South, right? And and Tampa Bay still has a lead there. But watching what Tampa Bay did again last night, not impressive at all. To me, I think the Panthers are playing the best football of anyone in that division right now, uh, even though the Saints are playing okay. But I still can't get past Andy Dalton. But, I mean, Carolina does not have a marquee quarterback, but Carolina... They get rid of Christian McCaffrey, and they're still running the ball down people's throats. That's the big thing. I mean, the coach, we always talk about firing a coach generally sparks a team. But when you fire a coach and then you trade away the arguably the best player, I mean, with a, how can you argue that he was the best player on that team when healthy? That looked like a team that was, you know, waving the white flag, and yet they are, you know, they control their own destiny, and if they can beat Tampa, they're going to be your – NFC uh, South uh, champions, and that's hard to believe from just six weeks ago that that's even a possibility. But Tom Brady last night, I, I had Tampa, I had a teaser, you know, with them close, so I just needed them to win the game. It was sickening to watch the one play where he threw the interception, you know, deep down. The guy was wide open, wide open for a touchdown. That's a touchdown. Ninety-five out of a hundred throws from Tom Brady. And he not only doesn't get the ball to him, he underthrows it so badly that he gets picked off. It's don't forget about the in the first quarter when he had a wide open receiver in the end zone and he missed him as well too. So you know it was uh, I actually split that game because I also had the over in that game, which you know didn't get there. But if they make those. If he makes those two scores that they should have had, it changes the complexion because then Arizona's behind by more and then you got attack where the whole game it was they're sitting there within three points of each other. So it was a conservative game and stayed under the total. Deonta Foreman 
165 yards yesterday for Carolina. We're talking about missing Christian McCaffrey. <laughs> it's it's amazing, and we've seen this when you have teams that are basically us against the world mentality and playing like there's no pressure on them whatsoever. That's the Carolina Panthers. And I know that when we look ahead to, you know, coming up this week here, you're looking at Carolina uh, playing Tampa Bay, right? And this game has Tampa Bay favored by three at home. I, I think I'm all in on, on Carolina and will definitely teasing Carolina. You're, they're definitely going to be a teaser possibility. The thing that the difference when we get to these games and the same thing, there's another team in the AFC South. Jacksonville's come on like gangbusters and they control their own destiny. Yep. Um, they actually there's have the one. lead. They have yep. the lead over Tennessee. I mean, talk about Tennessee and a team that's collapsed. Uh, you know, this was a team that was running away with their division just a month ago and they can't get out of their own way. You have to question when you get these teams, like you said, playing with house money, no pressure, what they do when it, now that it's a reality, because before it's house money. There's nothing you, you know, there's no pressure, but now you're in a position that you're basically one game or two games away from getting it done. How do they handle it now that it is for real? That's going to be the the big question with both of those games this weekend, the Tampa Bay game and uh, Jacksonville and Tennessee whenever they hook up. Yeah, and you're right. You know, Tennessee has just been downright abysmal the way they have closed the season here and, you know, losing at home to the Houston Texans. And we've seen the Titans uh, feel miserably, especially at home. Uh, They're done. In my, they are just totally done. And I will take a team like Jacksonville, a team like Carolina, who are, have strung together, you know, two or three victories in a row here. Uh, they're playing the better football. I, I will, I, I will definitely be on them. And, uh, again, you know, when these teams are, are playing tight like that, it looks like Tennessee is just playing tight. And when you don't have Ryan Tannehill, now you've got, you know, uh, they're, they're back, uh, you know, Malik Willis uh, out there. I mean, just, you know, uh, throwing interceptions, coughing up the ball. Derek Henry fumbles. I mean, it just, it's just, it's not good. It's not good. And if you, if you're thinking that, well, the Tennessee Titans are going to turn things around, tell me when, because they have been downright awful for the better part of the last month. They have, and you've got one of the best running backs, if not the best running back in your back. But he hasn't done anything in, in a month. I, yeah. yeah. I, what happened? I mean, where do you put the blame? You know, yes, uh, Tannehill's been hurt, but we were never singing his praises when he was healthy. Correct. Uh, you know, so, yeah, this is a team, and, you know, the defense has given up too many long drives. Um, when they do have leads, they can't protect them. So, yeah, it's going to be an interesting week. There'll be a few teaser opportunities, you know, this weekend where you've got small favorites and low totals. And we know we love to take the dogs in those spots. The Eagles, uh, finally lose. They're 13 and two now. They lost to the Cowboys 40 to 34. Uh, the Eagles member came in here as a, a four point underdog and they had the better part of this game against the Cowboys. Uh, Gardner Minshew was not bad at all, filling in for, for Jalen Hurts. Now, we don't know if that was just a one-game situation. They're going to continue to monitor Hurts' uh, shoulder, his right shoulder. But Minshew was 24 for 40, 355 yards, had two touchdowns, but he did throw two interceptions as well. But then the Eagles also had a costly fumble uh, here as well, too. Uh, actually, Eagles had had two fumbles, so four turnovers for the Eagles at the most inopportune time, especially in the fourth quarter. There, they really gave that game away to the Dallas Cowboys, and, and that hurt them because now it's a season series split. Even though the Eagles will probably, they still have enough to win the division, but you know if Philadelphia does slide, you know, and especially if Hurts isn't healthy, the Cowboys could catch him here, and this game could could prove meaningful that victory for the Cowboys. They just need to win one of the final two games. Yeah. If I'm the coach of Philadelphia because Minshew did not lose that game for you, I start Minshew again this week to give Jalen Hurts another week to recuperate. Then I would play him some in the last game just so that he doesn't have a four-week stretch between starts because they're going. if they hold on to the number one seed, they'll have the bye, and you don't want them 
not playing for that long, in my opinion. That's the way I would do it, even if you just have him in there for a half. Yeah, and uh, we know that Hurts is such a competitor. I mean, he wanted to play this week, so you know that he's going to be banging on the door saying, hey, you know, get me in there. I, I, I'm fine. Uh, and the Eagles do have a somewhat friendly schedule. Both these games are at home for them in Philly. They close against the Saints and the Giants. So like you said, all they have to do is – Win one of the two games and they have a two game lead over the Cowboys right now. Cowboys 11 and four and Philly 13 and two. And that brings us to San Francisco. As we mentioned, got the victory against Washington yesterday. San Francisco now sitting at 11 and four, same record as the Cowboys. And, uh, we know that the Vikings are a division winner in the NFC North already clinching it at 12 and three. Niners have clinched the West at 11 and four. So San Francisco definitely has. Uh, playoff seeding to play for here. Not only this week when they come to Vegas to take on the Raiders, but the following week as well. And so again, no one hotter than the San Francisco 49ers. And all the problems that we've discussed uh, at great length with Derek Carr, what's he going to do against this is the best defense? I mean, Pittsburgh played with emotion in the defense. Anytime Watt's healthy, the Steeler defense is better than it is, and that's why you can't go by the season numbers because he missed so many. But what is he going to do against this 49er defense and pressure? Mm -hmm. Not looking good. Mm -hmm. You know, the Raiders were looking to, okay, close the season here with some victories. I believe that their best chance was Saturday night against the Steelers if if they were going to have a chance, even though I – I picked the Steelers. San Francisco, they're not winning. And then they're going to close the season against Kansas City at Allegiant Stadium. Now, weeks ago, we're thinking, okay, well, Kansas City may rest Mahomes. They got nothing to play for. And the Raiders may get one of those meaningless wins. Well, as it stands right now, you know, we'll see what happens this weekend. But I got a feeling that Kansas City is going to be playing for something because they do not want to go to Buffalo. In, you know, for that AFC championship game, if it plays out that way. Now, you still got, like you mentioned, you got Cincinnati to deal with. So you've got Buffalo, Kansas City, Cincinnati all vying for that. Not a good sign for the Raiders. And I hope so because when Kansas City comes to town, I want to see Patrick Mahomes. I want to see Travis Kelsey. I want to see that defense. I want to see them with something to play for. And as you know, the NFL will have these games at the same time too, which will be meaningful. A la what we do with soccer at the end of, uh, you know, pool play here in that final game of pool play. So uh, I hope it, it, it's a meaningful game because I want to see the Chiefs come in here and, and be the Chiefs. I loved when they finally did that a few years back, changing the schedule, because it was ridiculous for us to try to handicap the games because you're, if, you know, if this happens, then this doesn't mean anything. But if that happens, it, in, you know, it's like trying to bet the NBA overnight. Right. right. <laughs> who's who's going to play? And remember, and we still get this to a certain degree on this final uh, Sunday, is that lines would be held out sometimes until maybe an hour or two. You know, they would take them off the board in the morning and they're going to adjust to see what happens. And then all of a sudden you could get some crazy line swings and changes as well, too. Yeah. And the books don't like that because the longer the lines are, they, yeah. they want the action. Yeah. And yeah. we'll talk to Chuck Esposito about that exactly when we come back. All right. We go out to Red Rock. We'll talk to Chuck about, uh, yesterday's games. Uh, who is good? Was it good for the books? Was it good for the players? And then also we'll handicap tonight's game as well, too. Pretty meaningful game, at least on one side, as the Chargers take on the Colts. Now, more of your favorite personal sports physician. Don't make me beg. T.C. Martin. Of course, you are a character. Doesn't mean that you have character. The doctor is now in. Don't forget, we will be at the Westgate of Las Vegas, the world-famous Superbook, on Friday, our Friday home. Gotta love it! Yeah. This is Jackie Brown. That's what this is. This is Jackie Brown. You know who's in the back of that trunk, Marco? See? I, 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 yeah. Chris Tucker is in the back of that trunk. Samuel Jackson. Yeah. He's checking that out. Hello, my love. I heard That's funny that uh, says that. This is Jackie Brown. Strawberry Letter 23. All right, uh, yeah, come on by, see the show live Monday, or rather Friday, and uh, Jay Schrader will be back in the house. He is, can hardly wait to race down to the Westgate on Friday. Is this three in a row for Jay? Two in a row. 
No, wasn't he last? He was three weeks. Last week. Last week, the week before that, and this week. No, two weeks. You, you better check your scorecard. Yeah. Yeah. Jay was out of town the week before. That's anyway, right. maybe. Who knows? All right. Maybe. Might be right. He might be right. Could be. Three in a row. That's good. He could be. Well, this is, you know, uh, Chris's vacation for some people. There you go. All right. Marco, are you going to show up on Friday? Because you know you're going to get ragged. Hey, you know what? I dish it out all year. So, you know, the one week that it's coming my way, okay, I got to take it like a man, you know? All right. Uh, we look forward to that. Come on by and see the show. It is our best bet segment each and every Friday, giving you our three best NFL plays and our three best college bowl games. And finally, Marco, we're getting some decent bowl games. And once Christmas is is over, this is the week we actually get some pretty good bowl games from now to the rest of the time. Then, of course, New Year's Day is going to be a little quirky because New Year's Day is actually going to be on a Sunday, and the NFL is taking back over the Sunday. But Monday will be some good bowl games, and I'm still not a fan of what we're going to see here on uh, on uh, with the Sugar Bowl because the Sugar Bowl with Alabama and K-State, a game that I am really looking forward to seeing. But did you notice when they were going to play this game? I did not look at the time. What time is it? Yeah, well, this is going to be a morning game. A Sugar Bowl is going to be the morning game with a 9 o'clock start uh, for us between um, K-State and Alabama, which I do not understand. 9 a.m. on Saturday morning, all right, uh, a Sugar Bowl should be in the evening. Sugar Bowl should be on New Year's Day night, right? Sugar Bowl. There's still, I mean, as we know, Alabama number five on the outside looking in barely. K State, Big 12 champs, right? And you're sticking us at nine o'clock in the morning with this game. This is just atrocious scheduling. Like you said, it's tradition. It was always New Year's, uh, New Year's Day, the night game. I would be on my third plate of pork and sauerkraut. <laughs> That's tradition for New Year's Day. Right. Watching, uh, the, the football all day, nonstop. Yeah. So uh let's look at the schedule for Saturday because Saturday will be decent, but it's Alabama K State, Iowa, Kentucky, Music City Bowl moves into to that slot there. And then we have the two standalone games. Of course, it is the Fiesta Bowl and the Peach Bowl, respectively. So at one o'clock it's TCU and Michigan in college football playoff semifinal number one in Ohio State, Georgia, uh at five PM in the nightcap. So that is your Saturday schedule. And I know we're going to handicap these games a lot during the course of the week, but uh, early look ahead, uh, TCU, Michigan, and uh, Ohio State, Georgia for you. Well, I I love the Georgia team. I think Georgia is the best team in the country. They've been defending champs. They haven't done anything wrong. They've had a couple games where you can't go through an entire season and, you know, and not have maybe a flat spot here or there, but they took care of business when they needed to. And it's going to be tough. Uh, the TCU Michigan game, emotionally, I'd like to root for TCU, mm-hmm. but y- you just wonder, you know, that defense of Michigan, what we saw the last couple of weeks and then the way they opened up the offense. Um, it could be a long day for TCU. We saw, I know they earned their way there and everything, but last year, is this last year's Cincinnati team where it's just the feel good story and reality's gonna, you know, rear its ugly head? I totally believe in that because if they struggled the way we saw them struggle, not only last week with or la- la- the their last, last game. game against, uh, you know, K State, like you said, what is going to happen? Now, again, I'm not a, a, a huge Big Ten fan. I think the Big Ten is overrated because both Ohio State and Michigan played a lot of cupcakes this year. Of course, you can only play the teams that are in your conference, on your schedule, but the Big Ten was not good this year. It wasn't. But just the way that TCU struggled, and they lost to K-State 31-28, to uh, Baylor, they shouldn't have won that game. No. And Baylor, we saw how they closed the season on four straight losses. They won that game 29-20. And again, even Texas Tech, 34-24. Texas, 17-10. None of those teams really, you know, juggernauts uh, at all. West Virginia, they gave up 31 points to West Virginia. So I'm with you. I just think that it's a nice story. I like it. And a lot of times, you know, we get caught up in the underdog theory. Hey, they got a shot. They got a shot. Especially when, you know, they announce 
the playoff matchups. But now we've had three weeks. Now you sit back and you go, okay, the hype has has squashed a little bit. And I think that is one of the reasons why we see these blowouts a lot of times in the semifinals. You do. And, you know, how many times have we seen it with the poster child for having an easy schedule, making the playoff pitcher, Notre Dame. Every time they got there, it didn't end well for Notre Dame. Oklahoma. Uh, Oklahoma's where I was going to oh, okay. go next with them. Yeah. At least Oklahoma came from, you know, a supposed, you know, power conference, but it was Oklahoma and everybody else for how many years until, you know, this year. So yeah, it, we'll see what happens. And, uh, I'm looking forward. If we get a Georgia, Michigan final, that's going to be fun. So there is that fraction of people out there that, still think Ohio State is formidable and they think, you know, they're going back to Ohio State last year and the year before. Uh, this Ohio State team is a different team. Do you subscribe to the theory that, okay, after they got waxed by Michigan, they've had three weeks to kind of correct themselves here and we know that they've got talent. Do they maybe even as much talent as Georgia that they can kind of right the ship and be ready for this game? In theory, everything you're saying, having the extra time to prepare, you can hit the reset button. But they get the one thing that they get to do, and the coach has to do it. We're the underdogs. Not only are we the underdogs in the game, which you know you would be, but you had to listen to everybody that last weekend saying, and I was one of them, Alabama, even with two losses, I thought deserved to be in over Ohio State. So that's a good motivational tool to use. You know, you put it up there on the billboard, we don't belong here. And you look at that every day and it gives you something, you know, to try to rise to the occasion. But this Georgia team, I mean, going back to last year, this is one of the best defenses in the country, if not, you know, the best. And you've got the quarterback that had a great year last year. He's there again in doing it and you've got that experience factor. That's one thing you can't take away. You can't replicate is, you know, the experience factor and being on that big stage last year in the way they came back. Cause if you remember the championship game last year, cause I do a lot. I had Georgia and it didn't look good for well into the third quarter. Alabama had the game and then Georgia took control late third quarter and, and it was all them in the fourth and, uh, easy win after the fact. So. That's going to be tough, but I know there'll be a lot of people that will try to jump on the Ohio State bandwagon just because you don't get Ohio State as an underdog that often. It is hard to play Ohio State if you're going to, you know, remember what happened on their home field against Michigan. And you could say, okay, well, they were in the game for, for a half, but defensively, this is not the same Ohio State team. I mean, we've, we've seen this team get shredded and, you know, we, we've seen lesser teams hang around uh, with them. Heck, we could even say that really with, with Michigan as well, too. I mean, remember the Michigan-Illinois game? Yeah. I mean, that was – they were life and death. Now you could say, okay, well, they were looking ahead to the big rivalry game with Ohio State up on deck. But here's the thing with Georgia. You talk about their defense. They're ranked number one against the rush. But when you look at them points-wise and – Passing wise and overall yardage wise, they're 14th in the nation. You know, so it's, it's not like this is a top five or even a top 10 defense. And even we go back to the SEC. Sure. The SEC is, is better and, and tougher than, uh, the, the big 10, but really Georgia didn't beat a lot of quality opponents either. I can agree and disagree with you. The thing I'll say about the two things you pointed out, you know, they're very good against the rush. They've given up yardage passing. That's also part of because of the the games they were in. They generally had big leads, so teams weren't running the ball against them. They're playing catch-up, and if you've got a big lead – you're going to give, you know, in the fourth quarter, you're going to give up garbage yards, uh, teams, you know, and prevent defense a lot of times. So those kind of stats can be a little bit misleading. That's why I know a lot of people like to look at and keep just first half stats because the game's not decided yet. You know, you're, you're talking everything equal and, and see how teams dominate because those fourth quarters, they can be very misleading. You, you know that with, uh, mm-hmm. garbage time, uh, yardage. Their best win, though, you could probably make the case is 
I mean, LSU, but that, you know, again, LSU was down this year and they won that, the SEC championship game 50 to 30. But it, you know, Georgia Tech. Okay. You tell, you tell me what's their best win. Okay. Georgia Tech, Kentucky, Mississippi State, Tennessee, probably Tennessee. They win 27 13, but we saw how, how Tennessee kind of closed the season. Uh, Florida, Vandy, Auburn was terrible. Missouri, not good this year. And, you know, the Oregon game, which we got to throw out because it was September the 3rd. So, uh, they didn't play Alabama. And again, the rest of SEC kind of down this year. So I think, you know, when you look at all four teams that are in the playoffs, Michigan, Ohio State, TCU, and Georgia, you really can't say that like, wow, they really beat a tough schedule. And we can usually say that with the SEC champion, whoever comes out of there, because usually, I mean, you, you know, it's a, you know, you're winning through attrition, right? But that's really not the case with this SEC this season. The one thing that you said they beat Tennessee, but we saw what happened to Tennessee wasn't the same team once they lost the quarterback. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, they faced Tennessee when they were at full strength and they did, they shut down that offense that was scoring against everybody. So I was impressed with the Tennessee win. The Oregon, you know, at the beginning of the season, yeah, they had the advantage, but you always say the, the best time to play somebody that's better than you is to play them that first game of the season because they don't have, you know, generally programs that are, you know, like the, the Georgias, the Alabamas and so forth. They never, you know, reload. They, they just restock. I mean, they're, I should say not rebuild. They just reload because they have people coming in. And sometimes you have to gel some new players into the, the roster, but they got annihilated. Oregon did in that game and it made Georgia look better than they were, obviously. But that Oregon offense, they held them to three points. Yeah. Oregon scored points on everybody this year. They only got three against Georgia. And the reason why I say throw it out because I mean, you, you can't even, you can't judge someone what happened September the third, the very first game. You really have to look at what has happened over the last four or five weeks of, of the regular season. Uh, going back to the Alabama K State game, uh, Alabama is a six point favorite. You got a total of 56 in this game. Uh, are you going to have an opinion on this game? I have made a lot of money with Kansas State this year. And my initial reaction in this game was I was going to have a big play on Kansas State again because if you're Alabama, I'm thinking, where does the motivation come from? You're not playing for a national championship. A lot of people were making the case that you should have snuck in over Ohio State, so you got a double disappointment there. But whenever uh, Saban makes the the announcement, you know, last week, you know, all hands are on deck. Mm-hmm. That, you know, changes things a little bit because part of, and we've talked about it over and over again. In these bowl games, the first thing you got to look at is motivation. Who wants to be there and play? We don't have to worry about that, obviously, in the champion, you know, playoff championship games, but the other ones you do. And that was a big concern. And I know a lot of people jumped on Kansas State early to get the best number thinking that there were going to be a ton of op out. You know, why would anybody risk getting hurt? That's going to the NFL, um, you know, for Alabama with nothing to play for. But if Saban can get them there and uh, stay focused, we'll have to go with that. <laughs> oh, we got a food bet coming. Oh, I thought, here we go. I thought, I'd, I thought I'd give it right back to him. Yeah. Right. And, and I purposely wrote like, you know, China bad chicken scratch, you know, because I gave you a bad time last week yeah. about, well, we were on our best bets and we had the, we had the food bet. I got a feeling we're going to have a food bet on this game. We could have it. Yeah. could have it. Yeah. All right, and uh, that'll be determined uh, on Friday. Yeah, because you know you might change your mind between now and Friday. I I've got a whole <laughs> week to uh, look at this, and and again, you know, you're gonna you'll hear things come out from practices and so forth, and beat writers, and you know, teams focused or having a good time, whatever, and you know, try to figure that stuff out, and that's why the bowl games. I always say we try to get the best numbers, TC. Yeah. But these bowl games, you you you've got to have all the information available to you. You do. It, and it, we've seen a lot of these games, mm-hmm. and that's something you know we'll talk with you know when we talk with bookmakers. Mm-hmm. We've seen some line moves on game day of some of these bowl games, and they haven't been necessarily right. 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 Uh, I felt pretty good about uh, a couple of my early bowl picks that I made on, on Friday mm-hmm. uh, with Middle Tennessee State. Mm-hmm. And uh, so uh, you talk about motivation. That's one of the reasons why I played them. I think I made yeah. that case on Friday against San Diego State. 
And even though they the stats were kind of upside down in favor of San Diego State, but they turned the ball over five times. But if you watch that game middle in the Hawaii Bowl, I mean, Middle Tennessee was just they. I mean, they were hungry. They, they came to play. Uh, their defense really rose to the occasion. Uh, they pulled out some trick plays. And, uh, you know, again, they, they were getting seven and a half points in that game. They win the game outright. They did. But I'll tell you this much. If I would have had Middle Tennessee State, I'd have been here. Oh, my God, you're so lucky. All those turnovers, they got dominated statistically. You know, you yeah. know. How was that result any different than the Chicago uh, uh, <laughs> oh. Philadelphia one two weeks ago when you were whining? Totally different. Because you, you were on the right side. Absolutely. You right. were on the right side of the wrong side. Right. <laughs> I see how that goes. No, actually, I mean, again, it was like I just said, they, they just played, they executed much better. I mean, it was execution. They had the five turnovers, but you got to give Middle Tennessee the credit for their defense for those turnovers. Now, there were a couple for, by San Diego State uh, that were gimmies, you know, deep in their own territory, but give Middle Tennessee credit. It just, when you looked at the two sidelines, mm-hmm. you could see one team was, was, fired up about playing and San Diego state came out and they were fired up. Well, I don't know about fired up, but they executed the first couple drives, but then they got shut down. They didn't score again for like another hour and a half, which so. we've, we've seen that with uh Brady Hoke uh, coach team. There you before. go. Exactly. <laughs> All right, my friend, uh, tonight we've got Monday night football and one team is playing for a lot. And that is the chargers. They're a four point choice against the Colts. Uh, you know, the Colts have been one of these weird teams. I mean, they come in here to Vegas and they, in Jeff Saturday's first game, and they beat down the Raiders and say, okay, now, you know, full body of work. Well, okay, it was the Raiders. Uh, they jumped on the Vikings. They had the embarrassing loss. And now they're coming off of that to play at home against the Chargers, who are pretty much red hot right now as well, too. This Colts team, Marco, I don't know how much faith that you can have in them, especially now they've kind of like waved the white flag and they said, okay, no more Matt Ryan. Now we're going to our third string quarterback and Nick Foles, who hasn't played a snap all year is going to be in this game tonight as their starting quarterback against Justin Herbert and the chargers. Late money is coming in on Indianapolis. It's down to three and a half all across town right now, TC. And that surprises me. Um, my first thing I'd say on this game, TC, and we handicap games a lot. You know, we look at things the same. If this game was on Sunday amongst the rest of the schedule, I would not even be looking at this game. But because it's Monday night, and I want to preface that by saying I'm not making a play because it's just on TV. It's because we talk about teams that have nothing to play for. When they're going to rise up is going to be if they're playing on a Thursday, Sunday or Monday night game where they're the standalone game in the world's looking at them. And the Colts have to be embarrassed by what happened last week. I mean, it was the the biggest collapse in NFL history, uh, 33, nothing and to lose the game, but I still look at them and they have so many flaws. Now we've seen this Nick Foles every time he's come in as a backup you know, had to be inserted. It wasn't a quarterback switch because the other guy was playing bad, you know, injury or whatever. In the past, he's always risen to the occasion and played good for a couple games. He won a Super Bowl for Philadelphia. Yeah. Um, so I don't know that there's that much of a drop off other than he has had no snaps this year, but we're talking about a Charger team that is in a must win situation. We know that generally you're paying a premium to back those teams because Vegas knows it's a must win. And they know most people want to bet that team and the fact that they saw what happened to Indianapolis last week. If the Colts can run the football, now though you have no Jonathan Taylor tonight, but the backup last week played very well. Uh, I think they should have success against this charger defense. They rank near the bottom of almost every category do the chargers. And I've always said, if I can get the better defense getting points, that's where I'm going to go. Am I going to get to the window tonight? Probably not. Um, I gave an opinion on Indianapolis. I think this comes down to a one-possession game, which all of the Charger games come down to. Mm-hmm. They only have one win by double digits this year, and I think that was the Houston game, and we know how bad Houston has been this year. When it was at four, I was if it would have stayed at four, 
I was going to go ahead and I was hoping it would push to four and a half and then I could get 10 and a half on a teaser. Um, I don't like to do six and a half point teasers and seven point teasers just because I'm cheap. I don't like to lay the extra, <laughs> the extra juice that you do on those two. Um, but if you could get the game to 10, that's, that is the way that I would play the game on a teaser with Indianapolis. Here's the thing about Nick Foles and you're, you're spot on about, you know, Nick Foles in the past. However, when a guy has not played all year long and not even gotten to a game, then I, I think you got to throw out the window. He's, you don't know what you're going to get. Well, I think you're going to get rust is what you're going to get. You're going to get plain rust. And again, the way the chargers are playing now, I'm sure they haven't beaten upper echelon teams, but again, they're, you know, they're, I mean, well, they, they did handle Miami, you know, very well. And then they beat Tennessee. Um, and you know, Again, not a lot of signature wins there. And they lost some close games when they were banged up to, you know, the 49ers, uh, and the Chiefs. But Kansas City, or Kansas City, the Chargers are more healthy now than they have been in a long time. You got Keenan Allen back. Okay. They're, they're pretty set at the, at the wide receiver position, the running back position. And Herbert just is one of these guys, Marco, that just keeps getting better and better. And I'm just wondering what the crowd is going to be like tonight in Indianapolis. Okay. We know it's cold and you, you're going to go, got to go outside to get to an indoor stadium. I understand that. But just the way this season has gone, it's a throwaway season, you know, for the Colts and their fans know that. And they know that Jeff Saturday's not going to be there. Uh, and especially coming off this, like you said, the most embarrassing loss in all of NFL history. How full is that place going to be tonight? Oh, I agree with you. You're not going to have the typical home, you know, home field advantage that you would have, but, uh, it's, these guys are human. They don't like to, nobody wants to be embarrassed. Yeah. And they're going to show up to play the Chargers. You said the Miami game, they dominated Miami statistically, but it was only a six point win. That was the most dominant six point win you'll ever see. But that's what the Chargers do. They let you hang around. For those of us that have the Chargers in the money line, just win, baby. That's fine. Just win, baby. All right. I appreciate you uh, hanging out with us today, man. No problem. We'll get back at it again on Friday. Marco D'Angelo at wagertalk.com. Go to wagertalk.com and get Marco's plays. He's got everything going. Doesn't matter to the sport. Well, I don't think he's on the croquet and the, the soccer board anymore. Tech ball? No, it's a tech ball. There you go. Start handicapping that. Good luck, buddy. Thank All right. you. All right, brother. Appreciate it as always. Uh, I'd say go home and have some leftovers, but since you already killed it for breakfast, <laughs> you're on your own. you got to come up with another meal tonight. And we know next Friday night, Marco's going to come up with a meal. He's going to come up with his wallet, too. Or he's going to pay us in poker chips, Jay Schrader and myself. <laughs> All right, man. Appreciate you. We'll see you Friday. All right. For Numbchuck, T.C. Barton saying so long. Go to the website and check out the Raiders recap up on the uh, the site there at tcmartinshow.com. Marco, go, go ahead and read the article. You'll like my article. Praising your Pittsburgh Steelers and talking about the victory of the Raiders, all right? There you go. Just make sure you're not grading my, my grammar too much. But anyway, yeah, go to the website. Check all that out. Interview page, go check it out. The classic interviews, the current interviews, it's all up there. Tomorrow, it's Terrible Tuesday. We start looking ahead to Week 17 of the NFL and also college bowl games galore, the meaningful ones, and, of course, the college football playoff as well, too. Have a good one. We'll catch you tomorrow at 2.